welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Well, good afternoon or good morning, depending on when you're listening to us. Welcome to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron. Delighted to welcome our co-host, Dr. Marissa Charles. Dr. Charles is board certified in family medicine. She is a doctor of osteopathy, and we're so pleased to have her with us as our co-host. She's been with us almost two years, which is really pretty cool. And, and Dr. Charles, our topic today is one that when you and I were talking off the air, you said, that's a good one. We're talking about overactive bladders. Well, it's a, a topic that affects just so many patients, especially my seniors, you know, uh, that struggle, both men and women can have symptoms of overactive bladder. So it's a great topic for us to dive into today. Well, let's welcome our very special guest, uh, Dr. Ernesto Porras Polo. He's a physician at the WellMed at St. Lucie West Clinic in Port Lucie, Port St. Lucie, Florida, earned his medical degree in Columbia, completed his internal medicine residency at Woodhull Medical and Mental Health Center in Brooklyn, New York, and a geriatric medicine fellowship at the University of Miami Jackson Memorial Hospital in Miami, Florida. The doctor is board certified in internal medicine. And Dr. Boros Polo, thank you for coming on WellMed Radio. It's great to see you. Thank you for having me here. Nice to see you as well. As Dr. Charles mentioned, and I'm sure it's true in your case, uh, a number of your patients do struggle with what we call overactive bladder. Correct. A, a very good percentage of the elderly population has those issues. Uh, more frequently in females, but you can see it in male as well. And, and when we say overactive body, bladder, what are we saying? So basically what's happening is uh, as you get a little older, um, your bladder becomes more uh, rigid. It doesn't distend. It doesn't accommodate to the volume of the urine as well as it used to do it before. Like for example, when you're in your 20s, uh, your bladder is able to fill with 500 ml, which is half a liter, before you feel the need to go and urinate. As you get a little older, that volume reduces because your uh, bladder becomes more and more uh, rigid, less uh, distensible, and then you could feel the need to go on pee with smaller volumes, like with 200 sometimes. Then what happens is you, the bladder starts to contract abnormally, and then uh, the patient feels what we have called urge to go and urinate. And sometimes the urge is so bad that they cannot hold the urine before getting into the toilet and they can have episodes of urinary incontinence. And that gets worse as the patient gets older. And with that, of course, comes great embarrassment. Exactly. Uh, it, it, the, the psychological issues and the lack of self-esteem that come with this problem are really understated. Um, they're embarrassed. They... Uh, they isolate themselves, they don't wanna go out. And also we have a, a big problem is sometimes when they urinate in the middle of the night in their effort to try to get in time to the bathroom, they sleep in their own urine, they fall and they break a hip or they crack their head open and more disability comes. So it is not so much the incontinence itself, but what it comes with. And what do you recommend uh, both you and Dr. Charles that patients who, who may be concerned about overactive bladder uh, what do they do? Dr. Charles? 
Oh, well, I mean, first of all, you know, it's definitely something to mention to your to your primary care doctor um, so that we can initiate, um, you know, talk about habits. We can talk about different things that can be done, you know, at home to try to reduce some of the symptoms. And then sometimes it does get to a point where medication and or incontinence supplies are needed. Um, we talk a lot about caffeine, for example, um, being sometimes um something that makes the symptoms a little bit worse. Um, and, you know, to throw it back to you, Dr. Polo, is there anything else that you recommend? Yeah, uh, when I was in my, my training in, in, in Miami, uh, Dr. Oslander uh, had a urinary incontinence clinic. He's a geriatrician as I am. And then, uh, first of all, uh, he sat with the patient. Uh, we do the screening for urinary incontinence in our office, like you guys do it in San Antonio, I'm assuming. And then if the patient has any concern, uh, just to uh, tell the patient, to encourage the patient to talk about it, because it could be embarrassing for them. Because that they see that as losing their independence. And, and it is, in a way it is. And then um, I can educate the patient about what to do. So basically, the way I manage with the patient is I sit with them and I ask them to uh, start what I call um, a, a toileting diary. Uh, which is basically uh, the patient is going to write how many times in the day and the night as well he or she have the need to go to urinate. How often do you feel the urge to go and urinate? Write it down for about a week, then come back with me. We'll see more or less what's the interval. And then after we have the, that uh, log of uh, events, we do what we call bladder retraining. Basically, what you're going to do is you're going to teach the bladder who is in control. The bladder has taken control over your life. The bladder has embarrassed you, has made you become an isolated person. Now it's time for you to pay back. Now hold that thought. I, I like that bad bladder. I come right back to that. That's a really good point. For those of you who just joined us, I want you to know you're listening to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, and we're talking on our WellMed Radio hotline with Dr. Ernesto Porres Polo, who is at the WellMed Clinic in Port St. Lucie, Florida. And right back to you, doctor. That's that's a good point. We're talking about taking control back. Correct. And and Dr. Oslander uh, told us that like 85% of the times, so 90% of the times, he could do that without medication. And that's the same thing I have found in my own patients. So, and then once you establish the log of the times that you go to urinate, how often do you feel the urge? Then every time you feel the urge, you're going to try to hold it as much as you can. Hold it. Hold it because when you hold it, that abnormal contraction is going to last as maybe at most 45 seconds. And after that, the contraction will go away. Once the contraction goes away, then you go and urinate on your own terms. Now you're showing the bladder who's having the control. The other thing that you have to do is what we call scheduled toileting. Scheduled toileting is you're going to see the interval that you're urinating, and then you're going to calculate when you're due to urinate. You're going to go to the bathroom, sit down or standing, whatever you, you prefer, and then you're going to urinate even if you don't have the desire to do it. Then once you establish that you have the control back, you're going to try to increase the interval 15 minutes. If you were urinating or having the urgency every an hour, you're going to go for 75 minutes for, for a week. Then the next one is going to be 90 minutes. Then until you get to have a normal interval. 
This is not going to be achieved overnight. Don't get discouraged because sometimes you won't be able to control the contraction at the beginning. As the time goes, you will find that to be very effective. Most of the patients respond to scheduled toileting and bladder retraining. Of course, some patients who have cognitive impairment, which is a good percentage of our patients, might be difficult for them. But for a good percentage of patients who has their condition intact, you can do that. Now, now what about, yeah, go pardon ahead. me for interrupting, what about patients who are on a, a diuretic, a water pill? Correct. So then you have to, to review the medications with your primary care doctor. Diuretics, am I taking maybe too much? Do I really need it? Uh, can it be reduced without compromising my cardiovascular status? Now, uh, am I taking other medication that could cause trouble with the urine, like pain medications like narcotics, who could co cause constipation, and constipation presses the bladder and makes you feel the need to go and urinate? Uh, could I be uh, uh, taking too much water before I go to bed? Because one of the fears is nighttime urinary incontinence because of the falls. Then maybe you can adjust your uh, intake of water do not take too much water close to your bedtime. If you're going to take water, take it right before 2, 3 p.m. Do not take coffee in the nighttime. Coffee is a diuretic and will make you go to urinate. Um, make sure you don't get constipated. Eat, eat enough fiber. And all those things together can really, really resolve the problem. Is, if, there, a, is there a normal amount of times that the average senior adult will get up during the night to urinate? Is that not out of the ordinary if they get up once or twice. It is not out of the ordinary. One to two times is okay. If you do it like four, five, six times, which happens very often with our patients, is not normal. And that causes a lack of sleep, irritability, daytime somnolence, sometimes even auto accidents because they're not sleeping well. So it's usually uh, two times in the nighttime is fine. During the daytime, when we start the bladder retraining and the scheduled toileting, we want to be able to extend the intervals to four hours, which is a normal interval. Four hours. Correct. But remember, that had to be done in increments of 15 minutes at a time every week. And if you cannot do it, then you stay there until you can do it. It's very important to tell the patient not to get discouraged because it's now, are there, to uh, Dr. Charles and, 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 and Dr. Porospolo, are there exercises that someone can do uh, to try to take over control of that bladder. Correct. So mm -hmm. I'm sorry, doctor, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna mention um, pelvic floor strengthening exercises, which can also help um, with the control. Um, of course, all of these exercises that Dr. Polo's mentioning are, are fantastic, but the Kegel exercises are the pelvic floor exercises that we often recommend for people that are having a hard time holding it. Um, and that, I don't know if there was anything else that Dr. Polo wanted to ask. Oh, no, pretty much that was the same. I mean, women have the added uh, that most of them have had many children. So the muscles of the pelvic floor gets distended and relaxed. And is, they have also the urge and also we call stress incontinence as well. So those exercises help. Right. So the stress incontinence is when you lose urine from coughing or sneezing or jumping um, or, laughing. Where, or laughing. Yes. All of those things can sometimes cause bladder accidents for women because our urethras are very short. Um, so those little dribbling, so, can you control that with the uh, Kegel exercises? 
So it takes time for the Kegel exercises to take effect, but you're training a muscle just like you're training any muscle. So if you're doing exercises to make your biceps stronger by lifting a weight, um, you can you know that it takes time for you to see a difference. Um, it's the same with the Kegel exercises and they have to be done daily and they have to be done you know, um, for a certain amount of time so that you start to see the benefits of having a stronger pelvic floor, which oh, is really? a very good thing. Yeah. We're going to come back to this in just a moment. Both of you stick with us. If you just joined us, you're listening to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, and our special guest today on our WellMed Radio hotline from Port St. Lucie, Florida, Dr. Ernesto Porras Polo. You're listening to WellMed Radio. Imagine getting control of your chronic health conditions. For 30 years, WellMed has helped patients with diabetes, heart disease, and other special care needs to live as healthy as possible. We want to be on your journey to take control of your health. Choosing a chronic special needs Medicare Advantage plan may offer more benefits for your unique health needs and can put you with the WellMed network of doctors. Learn more at discoverwellmed.com or call 866-292-0375. We're so pleased you were sticking with us right here on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, delighted to have you on board. We're talking on our WellMed Radio hotline with Dr. Ernesto Porros Polo, who is a WellMed physician at Port St. Lucie, Florida. Our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, is with us as well. And doctors, both of you, I can remember not too many years ago uh, in conversations uh, where especially women would bring up that their uh, OBGYN or their uh, a doctor had recommended a surgical procedure to tighten up and lift their bladder to try to deal with issues involved with incontinence. And I don't know, is that still in vogue? Well, I guess it depends on what the issue is, because if the issue is a prolapse, you know, where the bladder has physically um, dropped wow. from its usual position, um, either into the vaginal, you know, opening into the, you know, that area, then sometimes surgery is needed to put things back into place. The urethra gets kinked, you know, if the Mm -hmm. bladder falls out of place and it doesn't close correctly. So you lose a lot of urine that way. So there are definitely times when surgery is recommended. And I know there's a lot of newer procedures that are available as well. Yeah. So basically um, when all those, um, exercises that we just mentioned just fail to give an improvement to the patient and if the problem is getting worse we usually recommend a referral to a urologist or a urogynecologist and one of the things that um, urogynecologists do in female is uh, they can put pessaries they can put devices to try to lift the the organ that has been uh, dropped and and they do that sometimes with either there's a surgical risk that's very high for the patient. In, in other words, if you take this patient to the operating room, the benefit of the operation is not as much as the risk if they have other things like cardiac issues, uncontrolled diabetes. If the patient is a good candidate for operation, they try to lift the bladder or lift the, the uterus or whatever organ is pushing through there. Now, males have something that females don't have, that's a prostate. And uh, the prostate uh, gets enlarged sometimes. And when it gets enlarged, it could cause uh, obstruction of the flow. Uh, then what happens with this type of obstruction is uh, the male feel the, the need to go and urinate and then pushes. And the urine comes out, but just enough 
to relieve the pressure. That's called overflow incontinence. And these patients could have some degree of urinary incontinence because they have also urge when the bladder is trying to overcome the resistance that the uh, prostate is imposing on it. So sometimes male have to go for resection of the prostate and other procedures by the urologist as well. And the feeling that you're not totally emptying your bladder, uh, is that a very common issue? Very common. And very distressing as well. Very distressing. Because they go and urinate and then the amount of urine that comes is just a little bit. It happens to be that they just relieve the pressure and then you're ready to go in 30 minutes again and you don't void enough. So it's, it's extremely uncomfortable, very embarrassing. They cannot even go to a dinner because they have to interrupt their, their conversation every 15 minutes just to find that you pass two drops of urine and then the sensation goes away anymore. You don't feel it anymore. And then we're going 20 minutes. So it's like your life is miserable. Well, how can you force the rest of it out? How do you empty that tank? Well, if you have a, a really tight uh, uh, prostatic hypertrophy, you will have to uh, either perform a surgery trying to reduce the size of the prostate uh, because the prostate is just in the, in the, the prostate wraps the urethra that's just after the exit from the bladder. So if it's compressing that, it's a mechanical obstruction. It's different to, to, to the overactive bladder of the woman that has only the urgency. There you have obstruction plus urgency. And remember, the urethra of the female is way shorter than the male. So it's going to be difficult to overcome that. And at the, at the end, you could develop even kidney failure because everything that gets stuck there will dilate all the urinary uh, organs, causing urinary uh, kidney failure in some patients. Explain that to me. Well, when you have a, a, uh, an obstruction to the urinary flow, the urine gets stuck there. So usually the way I tell, I used to tell my students in UM is the urine should be like a flowing river, will n should never stop. And then it gets clean and it never gets obstructed. When you have obstruction in the urine, the urine becomes a pond instead of a river. When you have a pond or have water that's quiet there, it gets infected also. But then as more urine accumulate, it gets to do what we call uh, backflow to the kidneys and can damage the kidneys. It's called reflux uropathy. And do you know if you have that? Yeah, it's uh, the, we order a kidney ultrasound. We see if there's any dilatation of the kidneys or the ureters, which is the tube that connects the kidney with the bladder. And then uh, based on that, uh, surgical decisions are made. Do we have to put a Foley? Do we have to operate? Uh, in women, you don't see that very often because they don't have a prostate, but you have other issues, which is in women, urinary incontinence is much more frequent. And Dr. Charles, as you see this issue in your patients, uh, how do you talk to them about it? How do they respond? Well, it's an ongoing discussion. You know, this isn't something that is often, you know, fixed from one day to the next. And you have to look at the whole patient, you know, just like Dr. Polo was saying, you have to look at their medications, you have to look at how long it's been going on, um, if there are any anatomical abnormalities, um, is it a male, is it a female? Um, we talk a lot about diet, you know, as far as foods that might irritate the bladder even more, spicy foods sometimes can make the sensation of the overactive bladder a little bit worse. Um, 
the the diuretics again, you know, we always have to make sure that we have a balance there that, you know, we're treating the patient appropriately um, if they have, say, congestive heart failure or other conditions. Um, but for example, if we're using a diuretic for blood pressure management and we have other choices, sometimes just changing the medications around will make a difference. And I've had, you know, several patients where we just had to make some small changes and noticed a significant improvement in the symptoms. And of course, there are... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say there are medications that can be of benefit as well. And how do those medications work? Well, again, um, there's several different classes of medicines that we use for um, symptoms of urine um, of urgency and frequency. Some of them, you know, help, you know, relax the bladder wall so that it's not so spastic, so they don't have so many of those symptoms and loss of urine. Um, And, uh, you know, so those are some of the different ways that we can help patients. And Dr. Porras Polo, you mentioned early on that as people age, a natural consequence of aging is that the bladder becomes less plastic, less flexible. Uh, It made me think, do we or have we tried bladder transplants? Can you just pop another one in there? Um, No, the bladder transplant is a very, not that I know really. Uh, If you have a bladder cancer, they remove the bladder and they create an ostomy or they create a bladder from uh, the ileum that's called ileo, but that's a different procedure. It's basically for neoplastic illnesses, pretty much bladder cancer. And so uh, unlike your heart, which can be replaced, you're stuck with the bladder you got. Pretty much. Uh, exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned and you foods that can be. Medication. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You had mentioned foods and, and Dr. Charles touched on spicy foods. Are, are there other foods uh, that can trigger urgency to urinate? Uh, diuretics. Di- I'm sorry. Diuretic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, foods that, right, foods that are diuretic. So a black tea, uh, green teas, like some of those monster drinks probably with the taurine are not going to be a good idea. Um, And then the the very spicy food, which, you know, there's different types of spices in different um, cultures, but um, those tend to be irritants. I, I did have a urologist that I worked with at one point that would give patients this very extensive list of foods that could trigger, including things like like cinnamon and ginger, which I thought was a little excessive, but um, he would give them that list. He would say, you know, uh, try to avoid as many of these as you can and let's see if your bladder gets better. Um, Takes so. the fun out of eating. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And we got about two minutes left, Dr. Poros Polo. Uh, what other recommendations do you have for folks who are thinking of bladder health? What can we do once we take control of that bad bladder, what can we do uh, uh, to protect it? Uh, well, uh, yeah. eating healthy, first of all, uh, exercise helps because it strengthens the pelvic muscles as well. Uh, it strengthens the abdominal wall as well. Uh, try to avoid caffeine uh, in the late afternoon. Uh, try to talk to your uh, primary doctor about how to time the diuretics better. Do you need that many medications? Pharmacy is one cause of urinary incontinence as well. Try to eliminate as many unnecessary medications as you can. Um, drink enough amount, enough amount of fluid, but make sure that you don't do it late in the day so you don't trigger nighttime urinary incontinence. 
And always be open to talk with your doctor about this because sometimes it could be a very uncomfortable conversation. What about alcohol? Is that a trigger? Oh, yeah. Alcohol. Uh, alcohol I like the way you uh, say that. Promotes, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Alcohol promotes uh, diuresis, so it could cause incontinence as well. So it's important to keep your mind focused on those kinds of triggers. I, I was surprised that both of you hit on caffeine and coffee right away. Uh, it's, a very, it's a very strong diuretic. When I was in medical school, that was one of the experiments. We drank like two liters of water and they gave me a cup of coffee and I couldn't hold it for more than 20 minutes. Really? We had to, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was in the physiology lab. I remember that. And last word to Dr. Charles. Um, well, absolutely. Definitely avoiding the caffeine later in the day because especially with the the really strong coffees that you can buy now at the like Starbucks and places like that. But um, bladder health is very important. Make sure that you talk to your doctor about it if you're having symptoms so that we can try to get to the bottom of, of the issue. Perfect. Thank you both very much. I'm Ron Aaron Thank for WellMed Radio. Thank you to Dr. Ernesto Porras Polo, who is a WellMed physician in Port St. Lucie, Florida. And to our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, we'll talk with you soon right here on WellMed Radio. Executive producers for WellMed Radio are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Isaac Wilker. And associate producers are Natalie Ibera and Maurice Hudson. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you next week on WellMed Radio. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.